If you have found yourself here, it means you have chosen to think for yourself and to come up with your own ideas of what is true. It means that you are brave enough to break the norms of society and live by your own rules in harmony with Mother Nature. It means you have decided to explore the inner workings of your own mind and heart. It means to stand up where others have failed. To carry a wild heart means you hear the call and take action. As we call out I am a wild one together as a community, we commit ourselves into the world to stay awakened. We help each other on this journey. Being a wild one does not require perfection, for it is in our imperfectness in being human that makes us perfect. As we unlock pieces of ourselves along this wild one journey, we will discover who we truly are. This community was created for that very purpose. It takes time to break away the barriers of bad programming. As a wild one, you will discover ways to unlock your heart and to hear your own inner guide. This is a safe place to explore yourselves. The tools and workbooks, healing sprays, helpful herbs and essential oils, quarterly and monthly box subscriptions have all been created to help you to unlock the wild heart that is within you. All that is required to join our community of wild ones is an open mind, an open heart, and a willingness to discover your true self. Welcome, my dear wild one. Welcome to I'm a Wild One podcast with mystic pop music artist Michelle Vreeland. Hi, Wild Ones. I wanted to welcome today's guest, Susan Nelson Govea of GardenGoddesses.org. Um, she is a wild forage food expert. Um, she also um, is the queen of permaculture. She's been doing it for the last 16 years in her home at Green Valley, California, off of, I think, um, quite a few acres of land. And um, I've been watching her um, Facebook Live videos or her Zoom videos on um, the Shift Network. And she's just a plethora of knowledge and, um, and ideas on what we can do to um, look to the land for support and for health and wellness during this time of uncertainty. And I wanted to have her on to discuss her journey um, towards creating the world that she is living now and, um, and to discuss some ideas that um, us wild ones can use in our daily life to uh, move us into the direction of working with the land more than maybe we're used to. 
and um, I'm just super excited that she's here. So without further ado, um, I want to welcome Susan Nelson Govea. Hi, Susan. Thank you for being on I'm a Wild One podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, this is awesome. I stumbled upon you on the Shift Network, and I was just really excited to um, to see someone else who really, really values and loves um, wild food and wild foraging. And you just seem to have some really fun ideas and some tips that I thought that my listeners would really enjoy hearing about. And um, so I'm really grateful and excited that you're here. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so I guess I, what I wanted to, um, um, just to kind of get to it, um, how did you first, um, um, would you mind, like, like, how would, how would you, um, um, first get into wild food? How did you get into wild food and gardening and all that stuff? Oh, I, um, I had great parents as a kid. They exposed me to nature and let me explore and, um, yeah, it really gave me a lot of freedom. So I just learned at an early age, I love connecting with plants and building uh, forts out in the fields and um, learning, you know, what was edible. I felt really connected to Native American culture and wanted to find out how they survived and um, what they ate um, before we came in and uh, started labeling these weeds and making the food look like it's not edible. So, yeah, when I was five years old, I bought this um, little booklet at the ranger station for 25 cents. I was so excited. And I just studied this little book on what's wild and edible in California. So I've been doing it ever since. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I find for me, like, I'm, I'm always curious about um, the Native American culture as well, because I have native american um lineage on both sides on my mom and my dad's side and and i always feel um just a reverence towards that because i think that the way that they felt and thought about the land is like no other um you know modern person (laughs) you know so there's a sacredness to it that they hold and and, um, and so, yeah, so I always find that that is, um, you know, I mean, for me, that's what kind of drew me to learning about wild food because they lived in the wild and they made medicine and they know uh, the landscape, um, very well. So, um, so I can relate to that. And as a little girl, I played outside a lot, you know, so, oh. um, yeah. Sorry, we didn't live next door. Yeah, we probably would have been friends <laughs> hanging out in the mud, making mud, sesame seed pancakes <laughs> out of sunflower seeds <laughs> and playing with ladybugs. So, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I still feel like that little girl who likes to play in the sand and the, in, I mean, in the, in the mud and, and in the dirt and. I find, you know, and as time has gone on, I've kind of, I lost my green thumb, you know, as the modern world takes hold. And, and then you hit, at least for me, I hit a point where I'm like, okay, I need to connect. I need to ground my energy and connect with this earth better than I have been, you know? 
and oh bless you and (laughs) that's the spirit saying yep that's true (laughs) you you should see where i'm sitting i'm sitting in a um, basically a lemon bush just blossoming with tons of bees um, flying around and it's um i i just remember that um i do have a bee allergy but i'm just i've lost all my fear of that and so i'm just sitting here with the bees watching them Wow. Drink honey from the citrus blossoms. It smells so amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds so lovely. I'm like, I can smell it as you're as you're saying it. I, I'm smelling the lemons and the blossoms. And <laughs> you know, we have a grapefruit tree here, and I love to smell the grapefruit blossoms. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Oh. Yeah. How do you? Um, you have a bee allergy, and you still work in the garden? I do. Um, wow, that's brave. <laughs> I had, I, yeah, I had a, like those shots years ago, and I don't know, like if I, you know, what would happen if I got stung. But I carry lavender with me, and that seems to. Um, I've been stung just twice since I've been on the farm, and I put the lavender on the bee thing, and it seems to be okay. Oh, well, that's really good then. Yeah, because when I work out in the garden, I get stung about. I think I, th- I would say t- about twice a year and it's not like on purpose, you know, they don't sting you on purpose. It's a, usually an accident. Like you step on them and they sting on you, you know, well, for sure, you know, but I find with bees, they generally leave you alone. Um, as long as you're not, you know, afraid and swinging at them and <laughs> they tend to just yeah. go about their business. <laughs> Do you think you can hear the bees on your recording? I think if we're very quiet, I was trying to listen. I was like, I mean, I think I can slightly hear it, but I don't think it's showing up very, very loud, but that would be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some people are saying that the bees are going missing. Like some people, like at least here in LA, I see bees every day out in my garden. So, um, but I think we Go ahead. The whole shutdown thing. I think with the whole shutdown thing, my environment has just um, flourished. Oh, yeah. So much healthier. Oh, my God. Yeah, but some people are saying that their leaves are dying. They're going black. They haven't seen bees in months. Like, And this isn't in, in the same area that I'm in. So I'm a little confused by that because I'm seeing bees every single day. So I don't know. They might just have blight or diseased um, ecosystem, and so these won't want to hang out there. Yeah. I I pretty much, um, you know, I quit weed eating, and I've let everything go natural, as natural as possible. And it's like I have so many more birds now and wildflowers that I've never seen. Yeah, I noticed birds I have never seen come. I'm like, whoa, what was that? I've never seen that before. I've even seen owls. I've seen all kinds of interesting birds that I've never seen. And you're in L.A.? I'm in L.A. Yeah, I'm in the heart of the city. I'm right next to LACMA. So I'm like right in L.A., the L.A. Museum of Art area. Yeah. That's exciting to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't explore it as much as you think I would considering like how long I've lived here. I think I'm a little more because I've, I'm an, I'm born and raised in LA. So I think I'm a little more like, Oh, I've seen it a million times. Like, <laughs> sort of like you know, mm-hmm. not as like, you know, 
explorative of, of my own cities as maybe um, someone else would be, you know. But I do love where I live. I really do. You know, but um, but I wanted to. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Very great. Yeah, so I but I wanted to kind of because I noticed that you garden on top of wild foraging. Can you talk about the wild foraging? Because I mean, clearly you've done it in California for quite a while. Um, can you talk about the types of wild food um, that you that one may find on a walk, like on an urban walk in an urban setting? Like I'm, of course, yeah. Because yeah. I would love you know, to hear I, your take I'll on say- that. I found a great article um, that UC Berkeley um, put out, and I was so excited because, you know, people thought I was kind of strange with my whole eating the weeds and save the weeds um, campaign. And then when UC Berkeley came out with this article, it was like suddenly I, you know, I was in and chic. (laughs) (laughs) So UC Berkeley um, came out uh, and said, you know, weeds, and forage urban foraging, you know, you can find nutrient-dense foods that are way more healthy than what you're going to buy in the store. They're, it's healthier than kale, healthier than the lettuces, and you have to eat just um, a little bit of it. So, you know, like dandelion is one of my favorite ones because you can eat the roots and the leaves and the blossoms. And, and the you know, it supports people in not getting major diseases. Um, another good one this time of year is chickweed. And it's a beautiful, delicate little succulent plant that um, grows these white flowers. And my chickens love it. That's how it got the name chickweed. Mm-hmm. And then I love it because I make pesto out of it. I can incorporate it into your muffins, your pasta, your rice. And I also make a really pretty house plant. One you know, popped up in one of my pots in the house, and my son just thinks it's the coolest plant around. Oh, Another cool. one I found is something called a um, a cleaver. That's one of my newest ones, and it's that sticky, obnoxious kind of viney plant that sticks to your pant leg when you walk by it. But it's really delicious, and I think it supports our kidney health, and it makes a really great uh, spring-like tea. So that's out and about right now. And there's this beautiful wild hyacinth that I just discovered. It's purple, and if you don't weed wax, it'll just start popping up around your property, and you can eat the the tubers and the um, lower part of the stem. That's a real delicate flavor. And that one's called hyacinth? uh, Wild hyacinth. Wild hyacinth, wow. And the other name for it is Brodiaea, B-R-O-D-I-A-E-A. Mm, Brodiaea. Yeah, and I can take pictures of these for you, too, if you want to incorporate it into your... Yeah, into like a Facebook post or something or inside the Wild One group. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And do you want more that you can eat right now? Or did you have other well, I was wondering about like, cause I come across nettle, um, quite mm. often, um, in LA, you know, just walking around, you know, but I also wanted to talk about, are there some, cause I know wild foraging is amazing and fun, but it also, you also really need to know what you're doing. Cause sometimes there's poisonous stuff out there. And, um, I came across something 
recently in my backyard that I was questionable, but I was pretty sure that it was um, wild celery or um, carrot. Yeah, it wasn't a carrot, but it's in the carrot celery family. I guess they're part of the same family. Um, uh-huh. And uh, but it's wild celery. It's been growing underneath my um, tree, under my grapefruit tree. A ton of it has been, um, along with dandelions and um, white clover. And I harvested some. And then I did some research and found out that um, there's a poisonous plant that looks that's in the celery family that looks really close to wild celery. Um, okay. I can't remember the name. I think it's like, is it Hawthorne or no, not Hawthorne. Um, no, 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 not Hawthorne. Um, um, anyway, I can't remember the name. I'll put it in the show notes when I remember. Hemlock. Hemlock. Yes. Hemlock. Yeah. I was trying to think of that scary show that was on Netflix. Hemlock Grove. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think they're, that that's, what, yeah, that's what they're like. Yeah. But hemlock is very dangerous, extremely dangerous. Like even just a few yeah. bites of it, um, it's poisonous and you can die, you know? <laughs> um, but the, but that's mainly grown by streams, right? Like, do you know anything about, um, hemlock and other poisonous plants that maybe people should stay away from, or maybe uh, there's you know, a commonality. I really, re- really research that one. I'm, I'm not an expert in the things you're not supposed to eat. I just know what I can eat, but yeah. I know it's really important because I had like a, um, I had a party, an herb party, and we went and tasted a bunch of herbs on a lady's farm. And I'm, I'm, I overindulged and I ended up in the, hospital and had to have my appendix out and I don't know if the herb just kind of spurred that on but mm. it made me really sick because I I was being totally careless and just you know I've got that mentality of go big or go home and so I went big with testing everything and, and bunches of it but oh no you don't want to overdo it for sure. That was a $50,000 mistake. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because there, even though like what may be healthy and good for some people, there are thing, there are plants that people are allergic to and have aversions to. Like I was growing Angelica for a while. I love Angelica, that plant and it's good medicine and it's just, I love it, you know? And I made a tea and out of it and I became I I I went out into hives like I did not do very well at all with it oh wow yeah and um and there's another um plant that I love but I my body's allergic to it which is um copper canyon daisy and I grow it and I love it and you can make a nice tea out of the flowers and out of the leaves but my body does not like it at all. Like I go into hives and so like, I think that it's, it's really fun to like do this, but we have to remember that like different bodies will react in different ways. So it's good to just do one at a time. That's what a lot of, um, what I hear is, you know, just try something one at a time. And then I went on a wild hike with somebody who's really, um, proficient in, um, wild foods and stuff out in there and she had me she had the the group try this leaf I don't remember the name of the plant but it's in the 
it's in the um, mountains. It's a mountain plant and you can chew on it like gum and it kind of numbs uh -huh. your lips a little bit. But it numbed my tongue and my lips way too much, like to the point I thought I was going to go into anaphylactic shock. Oh my gosh, that happened to me. What, what was it? Yeah, I it it's I forget the name of the plant, um, but it was out in the Los Angeles Crest Mountains, and um, it's a mountain plant. And um, I forget, I totally forget the name of the plant. But um, I, of course, I should remember because I should know what my body does not like. But my whole point in bringing that up is that you know it's wild food is lovely and amazing, but you also have to go with an air of caution I think too you know in terms of like don't overdoing it like you said <laughs> yeah. I, I find a little goes a long way like for instance if I know I'm going to eat a salad that day you know and I try to eat my greens every day I'll just go outside my door and I'll get one or two leaves of like dandelions or um, wild lettuce and then I'll just pick a few, like one or two, and then I chop it up and I put it in the salad and I, and I use it like someone would use maybe like a, an herb, you know, uh -huh. and it seems to be really, it makes a huge difference. I can tell like my, the whites of my eyes will get whiter and, um, and you can tell that you're getting a ton of nutrients just from one or two leaves. I think a little goes a long way with wild food. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've even got my son, you know, he started as a kid eating, uh, going out and foraging and making these little green stacks of greens. And then he rolls them up and munches on them and just feels totally fulfilled. He doesn't feel like he needs to cook them or put any salad dressing on them. And he just feels amazing. Wow. Which which greens are these? Just like greens off of um, broccoli plants. Cabbage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dandelion, uh, sorrel. I like sorrel. Cause it's got Me a too. I love flavor. sorrel. I was growing some wood sorrel for a while, and then, um, and then somebody stole my pot <laughs> that it was growing in, so it's gone. Oh no! Where my sorrel is. <laughs> yeah, and then I was eating my borage. I love borage. I eat those flowers. They're amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're really really good. I forgot to plant that this year. Oh my gosh, I love borage. It's one of my favorite plants. I feel like the flower is so supernatural the way it looks. It just kind of has a computery, sacred geometry look to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. What do you like to do with the borage leaves? Well, you can make a tea out of it, like especially the young ones. If they get older, it's very prickly to touch. It's kind of actually you get little uh, slivers in your fingers. It takes a long time uh -huh. to get them out. But the young ones, um, you can put in a tea if you harvest them young enough. Um, you can dry them. You can even actually make a tea fresh. Um, and then if you're the, in the Middle Ages, um, the flowers themselves were known to protect you against dying in war. So a lot of the knights would carry borage with them. Um, they would pick the flower and carry it on their persons. And it's supposedly, magically speaking, keeps you from dying at war it protects you and a lot of and, and then a lot of um crest have borage in them from the middle ages because the borage oh. that's how powerful the the plant is um you know and and as long as it's been around borage has been around forever <laughs> you know wow. yeah 
I love borage. It just makes me happy. It's a happy plant. And it also cheers you up. If you're depressed and you eat a flower, it's meant to cheer. It's supposed to cheer you up. It's a happy plant. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Get some more borage. I know it will run wild. So that's probably why I've. It does run wild, but it actually protects your garden, from what I understand, from pests. It does a good job keeping pests away if you're growing some, like, delicate items that that bugs might be drawn to, like tomatoes. Like, they say, I think borage and tomatoes pair really well, I think. Or, it's, or is it tomatoes and a certain flower? I forget. Uh, marigolds. Um, that sounds about right. I think it's tomato and marigolds that, that pair Companion very well. Companion planting. Pardon? Companion planting? Yes, companion planting. But borage, I think, I forget which ones it pairs well with. Maybe it's cucumber or something. I forget. But it might pair well with quite a quite a bit. You know. I know the leaves, the young leaves on the borage plant taste like cucumber. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, they totally do. But I got into plants. I wasn't even, I did not have a green thumb. The first year I decided I wanted to get into gardening, I... I killed everything. I mean, I overwatered, I underwatered, I planted at the wrong times. I mean, I made every mistake that a person could make. Like, I, But I was determined to figure out this whole gardening thing. And it, what's funny is that everyone that kind of knows me are like, wow, you're so earthy, you're so grounded, you know. And when I tell them that I totally did not have a natural green thumb, it amazes a lot of people, but I'm like, I had to work really hard at like learning how to connect with the earth. And I think being grounded was always one of my issues. And so connecting to the planet is, or connecting to the soil and the plants really has a way of like calming my mind and my spirit down. And I just think it's kind of a blessing, you know? And, um, but yeah, I wanted to, um, that's why when I found your society, your, of garden goddesses, I thought, oh my God, that's so amazing. Could you tell us a little more about that? Can you repeat that um, question? There was a little glitch. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's why you, your, I came across your society of garden goddesses. Um, this is after watching your video from the shift network and I saw, um, your Instagram handle and your your meetup and your group. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Can you tell us a little more about the society of garden goddesses and how that started and what you guys do in there and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, I um, basically started it just from what you said. You didn't know what you were doing in the garden. You were messing up. And <laughs> um, so I, everything I did, you know, it died, but I grew up gardening. So I knew it was possible. And I also, when I moved to Grass Valley, I needed to uh, meet new people, and I wanted to create a tribe that um, I could uh, go on this gardening journey with. And so I came up with the idea of uh, the Society of Garden Goddesses and gathering women and men together to explore gardening and culinary uh, stuff and sustainability. And it's just been such a blessing because just all we do is talk about this stuff. And we all of us are so feeling so prepared during this time right now because we, we knew that the system could collapse with the way that we were going. And yeah. so it's really nice having a support system 
in place and know how to grow your own food and cook it and harvest water and all the stuff necessary to live. Yeah, I know for I know for me when the when people were panic buying in the stores, um, I mean I felt the panic, but also because for the last three or four years I've been studying wild food, and how to forage it and and how to identify and all that stuff, I felt calm, because I was like thinking to myself, well, if that part of society ends, like going to the grocery store and getting what you want whenever you feel like it. If that ends, Mother Earth provides, the planet provides, you know. And for me, it brought me a level of peace that I wouldn't have had if I did not have wild food knowledge. I would have been really freaked out. I mean, more freaked out than I was. Um, But I was I had a level of calm. And then when I was buying, I was buying fruits and vegetables and things that I knew could replant themselves like onions and potatoes, like you can read those plant, you can plant those again in garlic, you know? And, um, and it was because of the time that I took years prior to learning this stuff. And so I felt like I had a level of calm that most people around me weren't having at that time. Exactly. And I'm not saying I wasn't panicked. I was panicked. Yeah. But I was panicked at a level that I felt it, my mind was more reasonable for me, you know? Right. I think we, we, um, you know, it's important to feel both. And I still appreciate the knowledge and what I do have um, because I bypassed the panic part pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. I think I bypassed my panic part quick too. But I think that's and what so- this knowledge gives us when it connects us to this earth. It's like a, don't worry it's we're all good you know and if you think about the stuff we're panicking over it's a lot of it's just so materialistic and we yeah. a little uncomfortable and beyond our comfort zone because we're so used to the instant gratification stuff yeah so i am really feeling grateful for so many things right now yeah yeah me too what things are you grateful for right now Oh, I'm grateful that it has changed my relationship with my son. And, oh. yeah, he's, like, really appreciating what I said. I'm here. Oh, there are you, you are. There you are. I hear you now. I lost you there. So you were saying you're really grateful for the relationship that, you're, that you and your son are developing. And it's during yes. this time. Yeah. And, you know, it was. Um, my garden and all of my projects and stuff that I had going on were more sort of an inconvenience or annoyance um, for him, but he has really come to understand how important um, the last 10 years wow. um, that this work has been. And he just looked at me, his mom, he's just created a magical place. And for, to hear that from a 16 year old, that just made me cry. Oh my like, gosh, oh, that, I have chills as you're saying you. that. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Wow, that's and amazing. And just grateful. I have a better understanding, you know, like who's really supportive and has my back. So that's been wow. amazing. Feel the love and kindness that people want to share and give me. And what else am I grateful for? What are you grateful for? 
Well, what am I grateful for? Well, I do have to say that I, um, I'm on the same page with you. I think my relationship with my son has gotten better. And, and he's even said that he goes, I think our relationship has gotten better. I mean, the first few weeks were very hard. He was very angry at me and, um, you know, I had to push him to stay home. He didn't want to, you know, follow the rules. He wanted to do what he wanted to do and maintain the life he was living and, so I was the enemy for a while, and then after a while, he, you know, settled down, and then, um, and now he actually said to me, he goes, I think our relationship is better, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so I am grateful oh. for that, because it wasn't heading down a great road before, and um, not because of me, I'm always trying with him, but I think he was really distancing himself from me, and and um, How old is he? he's he's 19 he just turned 19 on the 30th he just turned 19 and um and so yeah and um and I'm grateful I am grateful for the knowledge that I that I have you know and I'm grateful for the peace of I, like I'm great for the peace like how quiet everything is like in the world like mm -hmm. I you know I as an empath person um I've been feeling more calm because the energy's been sort of kind of calm. I mean, it's been panicky. Don't get me wrong. Like, and, and people have been stressed and freaked out. And some people have, you know, have actually been sick and been in the hospital and been very scared and families have been scared. Um, but for me, I've been like, you know, just in my own little bubble, you know, just trying to like, um, be a little more, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the time to be still, I should say, you know, mm -hmm. and that I'm not sick. I'm grateful that I'm not sick. Cause I know a lot of people are getting sick out there and I'm grateful that I have the knowledge to keep myself strong. I've been doing a lot of immunity things, um, that I had learned over the many years, how to boost your immunity and, um, what kind of stuff are you doing? Well, I do different things. I do um, the elder um, berry syrup. Oh, you know, good. you make like an elderberry. I do. Um, I, I I love tree energy. There's this um, hawthorn or bark tree. No, cottonwood bark tree that actually is antiviral. It's it's a tincture. Um, I've been incorporating that into my teas. Um, and I, I love pine pollen. I use pine pollen. In fact, I had pine pollen today. Um, I actually like to, har I harvest pine pollen every year, although I didn't get to harvest it this year because we had rains when the pollen was in full effect. It only happens once a year, like the first week or two of March is when you can harvest pine pollen. And if you miss the window, you miss it for the whole year. Oh shoot! I knew nothing about that. Yeah, yeah, you miss it for the whole year. It's and it's expensive in the health food store. It's like sixty bucks for like a, a small bottle of it. But if you harvest it yourself, it's free. Costs nothing. Can you just scrape it off your car? Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that because it's kind of dirty, you know. But if you get it off the tree when it's ready, like when it's you just get a, a plastic bag and you wrap it and you shake the 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 branch um where the pollen's like very full and potent and you just shake it into uh -huh. the bag and then you get the, you fill it up as much as you can and then you get it home and then you um 
you um, sift through it. Like I sift, you know, just to get any added, if there's any bugs or anything, you know, I, there's usually not too much of that going on in there. And you just sift it and, you, and then I, and then I bottle it myself and it's, it's easy. It doesn't, you know, it's not hard. And then you can actually, but you can drink the tea all year round, like the pine needle tea. You can drink that every day, you know, oh, and that's oh anti, God. yeah, I actually did that. I'm surrounded by trees yeah i feel very blessed like i am surrounded by some really cool cool things you know and that's why i'm kind of interested in um wild food because the the wild world around us even in an urban environment is so potent and, and readily readily available you know and my area has a lot of pine trees and so there's pine needles and there's bamboo. You can make bamboo tea. There's so much bamboo around here. It's so easy to make bamboo tea. Um, there's lots of stuff. Um, yeah. Mallow and clover and um, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> I loved your video that you had on Facebook Live where you were like making this. Um, you made like this. Um, it was like a, a wrap. It was a seaweed wrap. And a weed had, wrap? Yeah, you made a weed wrap. Oh, <laughs> so I love good. that. It looks so good. I was like, oh, I want to eat that, you know. Oh, so yeah, that's a um, pesto that I made out of garlic greens and mint and then soaked sunflower seeds and walnuts. Yeah. And then, you know, salt and pepper and oil. And then I put it in the seaweed wrap and then added my weeds of the day and rolled it up. It looks so good. Wow. Chickweed, dandelion, purslane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been trying to, like, figure out um, if I have purslane growing in my yard, but purslane looks a lot like a, a, a poison um, plant as well. They look very similar. So um, I avoid purslane because I'm not sure um, ex if it's the poison one or the one that's... <laughs> Or, or, or the... So that's the, the one with the sort of succulent leaf? Pardon? It's, um, purslane is uh, the one sort of succulent leaf. It's almost like a succulent. Oh. It's like a flower? No, it's like a, kind of like a miniature in a polypactus without the thorns. Mm. It's really juicy. It's like a little tiny paddle and it's... It's like a succulent when you bite into it. Oh, okay. So maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm getting confusing it with something else. I thought it was like a, a weed that was in the grass that, that kind of grows flat. You know what I mean? Against the oh, grass. Oh, plantain. No, not plantain. I'm, no? I I know what plantain okay. looks like. Um, I, I thought, I'll show you a picture. I'll put it in the... Okay. I'll show you a picture of what I mean, what I thought, what I think I think it is. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. That's the other thing is that sometimes you think you're right and you're like, oh, I think I was wrong on that one, you know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, yeah. And then, um, so what are you, what, what's your routine like n now? Is it pretty easy? I mean, you're in the garden and obviously you've been doing gardening for the last 10, six, you said 16 years. Right. So you pretty um, much have like a routine. permaculture um, sort of lifestyle or? Pretty much, yeah. I, I try to uh, 
stuff. I try to use as much as the volunteer stuff that takes over and use that in my diet instead of planting a bunch of new perennials mm. and spending a lot of time cultivating and keeping those things alive. I'm just that's why I got into foraging because it's just faster, cheaper, easier, more nutrient dense. So I don't even shop for lettuce anymore. I just you know rely on the land for my greens. And then I just wanted to create, I'm on six acres and I'm on a hillside. And so I've had to get really creative in the way I use my land. Wow. So I, I took a permaculture design class and that was so amazing. It saved me so much money um, since I'm a, on the farm. Um, it's really helped me budget and be creative with what I have in place and just uh, support things to um, you know, grow naturally without a bunch of soil amendments and additives. So, yeah, and then I have help on the farm. I've got, um, I have living guests, and they they work for a worldwide organization for organic farming, and they do like a room, uh, room and board trade in exchange for making farm contributions. So I get a lot of help. So, yeah. Wow, that sounds amazing. That's really cool. That'd be fun to have six acres to play with. <laughs> it, it totally is. I, I love using all the little microcosms, and there's all these nooks and crannies with these whole different worlds going on. You have a lot of manzanita, which I love. Wow. That's amazing. That sounds like really cool. Yeah, I've been, I have a few books on permaculture and. I'm about to start my garden this year. A lot of people are gardening now, finally taking gardening serious. Like, oh, if I don't grow my own stuff, I may not be able to have fresh food. <laughs> you know, because I think it really scared a lot of us to go into the grocery store and see a lot of things missing from the shelves. Um, yeah. You know, so um, so I think, you know, gardening is where, in fact, in the old, not too long ago, everyone used to have a home garden. You know, I know, that was kind of like the norm, like, oh, like I'm growing my tomatoes this year. I've got my squash. Like it was really normal to, <laughs> to for neighbors yeah, to a, share. It's a great bartering tool, too. You know, you yeah. That. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to start my vegetable garden. I just um, I just got to get the energy to do it. Honestly, I know what to do and I have the space, but I um, I've been so tired every day, to be honest with you. So I'm just trying to rest and, um, and, um, you know, regroup, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, do you have any tips for those, anyone out there, um, that are wanting to start gardening for the first time? Is there any, since you've been doing it so long, yeah. I bet you have an, an amount, an amazing amount of, of knowledge. On how to yeah, get started. Well, something you started talking about in the beginning was using the bottoms of like leeks and scallions and garlic and replanting them, you know, sprouting, re-sprouting them in water and then putting them into the ground and you get a plant really fast and you can just keep cutting it and it'll grow back. So that's a really economical way to get started. Uh, learning how to sprout like mung beans and lentils, you know, you only need to sprout those for a couple of days and they're ready nutrient dense food for salads. So that's like a little microgreen. Yeah. And then 
just utilizing, I know a lot of people are in small spaces in apartments. And my um, friend and I just gave a class on growing a garden in a small space. And gosh, we have a little worm composting system underneath the kitchen sink. We've got our windowsill garden. You can grow a lot of lettuces and things in pots and just cut them for your salad and they grow back. So just really um, looking at the kitchen as a prime piece of real estate where you can actually grow your own food and make it. And then if you have a balcony or a patio, then you can start stuff in pots. It's real easy. Make sure it's close to your kitchen. And then um, I, I like to grow as many perennials as I can. So like I said, you don't have to um, plant annuals and you know, maintain, uh, you know, it's just a more economical way to focus on perennials. Yeah. But else, you know, of course, have your composting system in place and save eggshells to make your own fertilizers and uh, amendments. Yeah, that's All amazing. Right. I came across a Facebook post where um, people were debating whether or not you should have your eggshells in your coffee grounds in your compost or, or if you should keep them separate. Um, do you have an opinion on that? I, I have an opinion, well, but I wanted to hear your opinion. <laughs> well, I save my coffee grounds for my worm palace. That's my giant worm bin. And then my eggshells, I'll either crush up and put into the worm bin or I will just um, let them sun dry or oven dry, and I'll crush them in the blender and then create a uh, nutrient for my plants. Gotcha. Um, do you just put them... I know for me, like, I used to keep it separate, and then... Because I, I live in an urban... I have an urban life, and so sometimes life just gets busy, you know, because you're in the city and you yeah. have a million things you need to do and um, that are not you know, being in the garden related. And, um, and I used to separately, I had a really cool place for my eggshells and then, um, and then my coffee grinds, I keep them separately. And then, um, after a while, cause I, cause I was drying them out and it took actually some time. Like I felt like I, I couldn't keep it up. Let's just say I couldn't keep it up. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, <laughs> so what I did was I just put it all in the compost. I just, it just all goes in the compost and I let it do its thing. And even if the compost has some eggshells popping out of it, I figured, ah, it's fine. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I in my compost, I don't really have a compost. My compost is the chicken and duck coop. And so I put all the stuff in there and they kind of scratch it up. And what they don't eat goes into this uh, like live compost bin that they sort of scratch stuff into. Yeah. And yeah, that's my composting system. Oh, fun. That's easy. I like to, I like to, I like to do things as easy as possible because, uh, oh, for sure. you only get a certain amount of time in a day and, and it's all about like keeping something up. Like how can you keep something up? Like even when I started this podcast, people were like, Oh, you should film it. You should do it on zoom or record. And I was like, do you not realize like, I'd have to spend hours putting on my makeup, spend time doing the lighting. Like, you know, there's no way I'm going to do that every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I know the whole point is like, I got to make it easy so I can do it every week so I can get it done, you know? So <laughs> the path of least resistance. 
Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, with being in this gardening world, there's so many things we want to do and learn about. And so. Oh, yeah. 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 Patient garden routine is definitely up there. That's what I love about permaculture is that you can do these systems that uh, they work in harmony and it makes it less work for you. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Society of Garden Goddesses. What's that like? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm guessing now that we're um, with the lockdown and the pandemic, have you changed the way you're going to be or moving on into the future of how you're going to engage with um, the the goddesses <laughs> on there? Well, yeah, definitely create uh, creative um, times. Uh, for example, on. Uh, Friday, we're going to have a plant exchange. And so, you know, we got to structure that way where it's oh, a plant tools. exchange. How, how does that yeah, work? It's essential. We need to grow our own food. So that's definitely essential. And so people are just going to bring their plants and put them on different tables and they can keep, keep their six feet apart. And, you know, I can, they can ask me questions from the driveway and I can, answer them from my balcony oh wow <laughs> i love that it's a romeo and juliet version of uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of community <laughs> i know um, oh, fortunately that's... most of my friends you know uh, we know there's a, a virus but you know the just the whole fear so much fear around stuff you know we can try to make create more humor Oh, yeah. But how else? You know, early on, I was able to go to the nursery and, you know, have people if they needed shop for stuff, just let them know when I would be there if they had questions. So that way they get, like, one-on-one consulting. or. Oh, do you work at a nursery? No, I just, um, I'm friends with the owner, so I'm there a lot. And I tell people, hey, if you've got gardening questions or you want landscape design I can do it at the nursery. Just come by and shout out from six feet. Oh, how cool. And then, of course, I just jumped into um, the Chip Network after to do all those segments. So that was a major learning curve. And I was able to gather with my friends on Facebook Live and give them tons of information. That turned out to be an excellent platform and just like a crash course in knowledge and just so many happy responses oh yeah i gotta tell you i've been enjoying your facebook lives i think they're really cool um you do you do give a lot in those i thought i thought they were really neat (laughs) and i love seeing your table of wild food i'm like oh that's so cool yeah and you know doing them live is so nerve-wracking there's no editing and you know i i had no experience with like videotaping so it was sort of hit and miss on the zoom platform but people still watched and listened even if they couldn't see an image so that was good yeah i know what you mean i i tried to do live every week because i'm a musician and i i perform mystic pop music which is um it's like pop music like singer songwriter pop music but it's reiki infused and conscious themes attached to them and i wanted to do um well, I started doing every week, but I found I was getting super stressed every week about going live. 
Like it would have yeah. major social anxiety of, of like everything has to be perfect. The lighting needs to be like this. Like I just don't do well in like, you know, like some people are great. Like they can just go live and have no makeup and just be at home and do whatever they're doing and, and be <laughs> fine with it. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, it has to be perfect. <laughs> Right, yeah, I get a little bit of a screaming ego. My Virgo brain needs it to be flawless. <laughs> so, you know, it pays off because, you know, people want to, if they're going to see fun out of their day, they want to have good information and they want to see beautiful stuff. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't want to waste people's time. I, I like to give good content. I like it to be valuable and worthy of someone's time because I believe time is precious. And um, I don't like wasting people's time. And um, I try to do my best um, to give value. You know, like if you're paying attention to me and you're listening to this podcast, I want to give you value. I want you to get something out of it that will help your life and enhance your life and maybe get you to think about life in a different and new way that would make your life better and less stress and more happy, you know, then it's worth it, you know. You know, but, you know, so that's why I wanted to do this podcast because I feel like I have a lot of knowledge and ideas and I've been through a lot of different things and and I wanted to expose people to new ways of thinking and, and living and being and that's why I wanted to have you here because I just loved your wild food. Um, I, I love the way, I, I love how you approach wild food and, and how you put it together in recipes, you know, I thought that was really cool, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Do you, um, do you sell, cause you have a permaculture, do you eat everything that you, that you, that you grow? Do you barter with neighbors? Do you sell it to local food stores? Like what are you doing exactly? I don't, I find that uh, selling is, uh, not a great use of my time. So what I do is my son calls it my garden goddess university. So I just I research all the stuff on my land. I use it as a university, and we're in the process of packaging it into online classes. I'm working with a, a famous permaculture consultant, Cafe Fish, and she's going to be doing the classes with me. Oh, that and sounds then, amazing! And then, of course, I barter. Pardon? I said it sounds amazing. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, I just said it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of great information and recipes, and it's it's so fun to be so prepared for this time because we already have the information. It's just a matter of getting them on a platform where people can access it now. That's great. So yeah, it's just pretty much education, and you know, I I barter my things, and it creates my entertainment and a really good lifestyle. You know, great friendship. Um, you know, our group is really into not gossiping. We like to empower uh, the women around us. And it's so amazing to see what's happened in 10 years with these friendships and how we, by, you know, holding women up and supporting them in new careers, maybe exiting relationships that aren't serving them. It's so beautiful to see these blossoming women now. So I use, I open my home and I, we've done so many events here We've done almost 400 events in the last 10 years. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, who has time to gossip when you got, you know, all this When you're having so much fun. Support, <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're big into. 
Wow, that sounds like magical paradise. <laughs> it is. I overlooked the Sierras, the snow-capped Sierras. I can see Lake Tahoe, the oh, Lake wow. Valley from my deck. In the summertime, we have little slumber parties out on the deck and look up at the stars because I have no light pollution here. Oh, my gosh. Not fun. We listen to the mountain lions and the different wild animals that are on the property. Wow, so, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's nice to have like a dream come true. Thinking about this 15 years ago, going, someday I want to have. Yeah, and you did and it. here it is. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. So I, now I need to find ways to share it with people. Do you have any advice for any wild ones out there that are looking to transform and change their life to a more sustainable way? Yeah, you know, start. I started with one girlfriend that said, I will support you if you open up a gardening club. And we both thought it was so geeky at the time. But she's like, I'll show up. And I'm like, great, that's two of us. And uh, then it just doubled after I started my first event. And I think it's important for people to create, uh, write, write out and create their ideal tribe, who they want to spend time with, what they want to do. And then the people come and you've got this amazing tribe with resources, which we need right now. We need people to help us in our yard, um, uh, you know, help teach us stuff. Uh, I'm asking for favors all the time and um, helping people out. So having that community established is number one, and then everything's easy from there. And you just ask people for what you need. Wow. And just flex that generosity muscle. I, I've never seen so much generosity before in my life. I'm just surrounded by it. I'm seeing, you know, I've gone to, early on, I was going to Starbucks a couple times and people in front of me paid for me. And it's just, you know, now's not the time to be hoarding and uh, being tight with stuff. Just like flex that generosity and kindness muscle and you'll see the amazing results it has on your life. Wow. I love that. That's my advice. I love that flex that you f flex your generosity muscle. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you really built the the life that you wanted to live in. Like you really like through 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 your blood, sweat, and tears. Like you really molded and created the the world that you wanted to live in. Yep, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Um, to make sure that every thought and everything you think about is what you want. Because with that flexing the generosity muscle, you know, if you make up white lies about being stuck in traffic or, you know, start throwing stuff out there, it's going to happen too. So that's why you just really focus on exactly what you want and um, good positive thoughts. Sorry, my cat's insisting on being on this call and he just jumped up in my lap. <laughs> well, just so you know, I'm a cat person. I love cats so much. Oh Aww. my gosh. It's probably sensing my energy of love towards cats. I love cats. <laughs> he is, for sure. His name is Mr. Kibbles. Oh, Mr. Kibbles. Mr. Kibbles, the rescue cat. Oh, so sweet. I have a cat too. His name's Hunter. Aww. Yeah, he's a what black cat. He? He's a black cat. Okay. Yeah. We rescued him too. He was the runt of the litter. He was quiet and sleepy and 
all his siblings had lots of energy and they all got adopted before he did because he would just sleep all the time. <laughs> but he's, he's the most magical kitty. He's the sweetest guy and he just chills and he's very uh, kind and calm and his good vibes and good energy. And yeah, he's a good fit for us. Good. Do you have chickens? No, no, no chickens. <laughs> I actually would like to have chickens, but I don't know if my landlords would like that too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think they'd be keen on the idea of chickens. Um, well, you might be able to bribe them with some eggs. Yeah, I know. But I think, I think it's just, um, it might be more work for me than I'm willing to do. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I do at some point would like my own chickens at some point. Cause I, I want to create a permaculture reality in my backyard as well. You oh, know, great. yeah, it's definitely one of those things that I have on my mind. How much land are you on? Well, I'm on a, I'm in an urban, you know, home and I don't know feet wise what I have. Um, but I have enough to maybe put two or three, garden beds back there um Eight. i don't know what size i'm terrible at size probably three feet by 12 feet so 12 feet long maybe three feet um, if you can have garden feet. beds that are uh that stand up on legs uh-huh that are like three feet high i just transitioned to those and put those on my jacket really good on my back I'm, oh. not, I'm not into being on my knees and bending over into garden beds and into really easy comfortable gardening so i have these beautiful planters made and oh. they work out great that's a good observe that's a good observation because yeah getting down on your knees over and over can be really hard yeah yeah i'll have to look into that i'm i originally was just gonna take what I have and just kind of make shift with what I've got because it's going to get expensive if I start adding more things you know what I mean like beyond what I have already and um so I was just going to try to start where I am at but I know what you yeah. mean like if you have a budget start thinking you know about that stuff you know there's all kinds of containers you can grow stuff in and if you're on a gardening budget so we're going to talk about some of that in our next class Oh, fun. Stuff and growing. And where can people go to watch your class and to find you? Um, we're going to have it on Zoom. And to sign up for the class, I guess they would email me, which this is all new. So I've got a website, and they'll be listed on the website, gardengoddesses.org. Okay, gardengoddesses.org. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the Facebook group. Society of Garden Goddesses is where I post a lot of these new classes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, hopefully um, some of the wild ones get on there. I know I'm going to be on there. <laughs> Taking a gander of what you're yeah, I'm doing. I'm so excited to see your podcast. I'm like, oh my God, where has she been all my life? <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to start something. I'm a musician by trade. That's what I do for a living. And a few years ago, I mean, I meditate a lot and I got into holistic healing 
in about 2011 and I wanted to heal from past trauma and from childhood trauma and, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> and so I found a healer and that kind of started me on this journey of trying all kinds of different things, um, holistically. And, um, and so my music changed, you know, like I was doing kind of this, uh, um, like indie pop music, um, in the 2000, in, in the 2000s. And then, um, after, you know, doing lots of meditation, doing all kinds of like holistic type stuff, like my music just kind of shifted and changed. And so, um, so I just took a, a, a different approach to it all. And so I wanted to start a community and this is all new, by the way, of people who, are kind of like me where you've tried different things and, and, um, and you want to learn and you want to grow and you want, um, to, to, um, to explore yourself and the world around you. And I thought, well, maybe other people would like it too. And so I wanted to do a podcast to bring all of that together, all of my lessons that I've learned, all the people that I've met, all the stuff, um, you know, into this podcast. And then that way it could, it's my way of giving back and helping people and also kind of like putting, um, putting my, my, um, my, my life experience out there as well, you know, and then promoting the music as well. The high, the high vibe mystic pop music. <laughs> so how I was trying to figure it out on my phone, how to listen to your music. I, do you have like clips that I'll go to my desktop. That might be easier. Yeah. Well, for now, I could send you a media kit, but I am um, with the music that I'll be releasing, the Reiki infused pop music, which is the mystic pop music. I kind of just shortened it and call it mystic pop. Um, and um, I'm going to be releasing more of it um, throughout this year. Um, but my music is on Spotify and it's on Bandcamp. And it's on um, my website, michellevreelandmusic.com. And it's on YouTube. I have a lot of music okay. on YouTube. And, um, and it's all just Michelle Vreeland. Michelle with one L. And then Vreeland. And um, yeah, but in terms of the new music that I'm very excited about, that stuff's going to be released this year. And so for a while I was going to release it as one big album and... I just kind of ran out of money. It's very expensive. Uh, people don't realize how much money it costs to release music, to market and release music. It's a lot of money. And, um, and even though people don't pay for music anymore, um, they don't really quite understand what it takes um, to get this stuff out there at a high quality level and, and to market it. And so I completed an album but I wasn't able to release it because I didn't have a marketing budget. I mean, I can release it, but I don't know how many people will hear it. You know what I'm saying? So I do need a little yeah. bit of marketing money for people to hear it. Because um, it's easy. Anyone can release anything these days. I mean, you know, but it's just a matter of like, who's going to have, who's going to be able to hear it, you know? Right. So, so I thought I would just use some like, homegrown strategies and just release like a single at a time. And, um, and then, um, and then at the end of, of all the songs being released, 
then I can compile it into an album and then hopefully have enough fans at that point who are excited about, you know, buying a full album that it'll it'll make some money back. Because the last album I released cost me 20 grand out of my own pocket. <laughs> oh, God. So, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. So it was really oh. like, I'm a little traumatized by that. Like, you know, and I'm an independent artist. So it's sort of like, um... So I have to be able to find ways to, if the fans aren't there, meaning like enough fans aren't there to support new music, it's hard to release it. But I'm at a point where I might just, I'm tired of hanging on to songs and I just want them to, to, to be out there and at least I can just kind of direct them and to some degree have faith that it'll get out there in a good place. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to my media to my media kit. It has um, actually I just put it together, and it has all the songs, with all the artwork and all the lyrics and the MP3s, and and it has um, press and all that stuff in there. So you can like just scour it, <laughs> learn more about Mystic Pop, and listen to the fun songs. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So I just, I guess, um, we could finish up now and, um, I'm going to make sure that your links are in the show notes for those of you that want to, um, join her for her goddess university online zoom classes. Um, you can go to garden goddess org with the S at the end of goddesses. Correct. It's plural. Yeah. So garden org um, to join her, um, her garden goddesses um university which sounds amazing to me (laughs) and then um and then just to get to know her you can get on her facebook group society of garden goddesses on her facebook group um she does these lives that are really cool and you can learn more about um wild food and 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 how to prepare it and how to find it and all that stuff so i wanted to thank you susan nelson govia or govea Govea. Govea. So, so Susan Nelson Govea, I wanted to thank you so much for being here and for talking to us wild ones and giving us some awesome advice on how we can live life and how we can kind of mold it and make it to, to what we want to be and how we want to be in harmony with mother nature. So I just wanted to thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for contacting me. So glad we connected. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
You're meant to 